0: your bible doesn't send you instagram notifications or anything else and so um i think so talking about apps and those kinds of things younger people are going to be even more led astray even more distractible with the different things
1: Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland.
0: All right, Tony. Well, it's time for us to get going again. How are you, my
2: friend? I'm doing well. Got me some water, no coffee, which I'm a little sad by, but other than that, doing well. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well.
0: Yes, I am um, looking forward to this weekend as we approach the close of this week. Um, but, you know, Tony, it seems like that we almost always start with baseball. And so... Today, what we want to talk about, I can't tie this one directly to baseball, but there is kind of a side door uh, that we can get to through baseball. And uh, I heard Barnabas Piper. You, you probably have heard his name. Mm-hmm. He's an author and stuff. He's the son of John. You, you may have heard of him. Um, He said that when he was a kid, his dad would take them to Twins games, and he would bring a book with him, and he would read it. Uh, I don't know if he read it just in between innings or if just the game was boring or or what it was, Um, but his dad, John, would read during the baseball games. Now, I don't think he was reading the Bible, um, but he was reading, and I – I also think he probably was reading a physical book, and he was not reading on a device just given the time period. It was the 1990s, so uh, e readers not really a thing back then. But we are fans of of reading. We just actually recorded an episode a few minutes ago about uh, helping people to read and, and younger people to read even outside the Bible. But we're also particularly fans of Bible reading on this podcast, right? Yes, we definitely are. Yeah, we want to encourage uh, young people to read the Bible for themselves, we want them to learn how to do that and to do it often as part of the natural rhythms of their lives. And there are a lot of ways now that are available since the 1990s when John Piper was was reading whatever he was reading during Twins games. The Twins were really bad back then, so maybe that's why. Um
1: <laughs> <We're> But Remember? <laughs> aside
0: from 1991 when they beat my Braves, but uh, after that kind of went downhill. But uh, there's a lot of ways that that people can read the Bible in and, and the next generations. And there are a lot of ways that they are doing that. Um, so I'm going to give you a few statistics here. In 2016, uh, Barna Research Group and the American Bible Society teamed up, and uh, they did this state of the Bible survey. And so 2016, they found that 25% of teens read the Bible once a week. Uh, 11% read multiple times a week and only 3% read daily. Now, actually, if, if I read the research right, 14% actually engage multiple times a week, up from 11%. Um, but there's only 43% of, of teens that would uh, use the Bible you know, three to four times a year. So there's some disparities in there, and, and not everyone is reading the Bible. Uh, but when it comes to how they're reading the Bible, the younger people are the more likely they are to read the bible on a screen or the to prefer that um and so the from 2016 to now the amount of of people in the gen z category so mostly teenagers or very young adults uh 38 of those prefer to use a bible on a screen um i was surprised at this but 44 so slightly more prefer print um but i imagine that number is going to dip with time now also i could not find where i originally saw this but i read that teens who use a screen to read the bible that they more they read the bible more often than those who rely on a print bible my guess is because it's probably the ease of access huh um but anyway, that that gets me wondering: Is there a preferred way to read the Bible? Is there a most helpful? Is there a wise way to read the Bible as we deal with these changing uh, technology and media for reading the Bible? Um, we're, you know, we went from when people largely memorized it, and there's, you know, one scroll um, to they didn't have books even, and, and then the there was the invention of the book, the codex, and then it was mass reproduced. Uh, with the printing press, and then now, you know, we can turn on our Bibles and we can scroll. Um, but just, this is also a side note, I just I just needed to throw this in there. Uh, in kind of interpreting the research, Barna observed this, that Gen Z and millennials, so Gen Z would be the generation behind us, we would be in the millennial uh, cohort, Those significantly less engaged with scripture, that the people in Gen Z and millennials tend to read the Bible less than people who are older, uh, and less frequent users of the Bible than boomers and elders, yet that Gen Z and millennials claim the highest knowledge of its contents. So it's sort of youth displaying its arrogance. I guess because we have Google, we, we think we know the Bible better than those who read it more. But um, anyway, I just thought that was worth throwing in there as well. Um, some things that we see with younger people, we tend to think we know more than we do. But Tony, let's, uh, let's jump into this. Do you use digital forms of the Bible or do you only use paper? Um, if you change practice kind of, when did you do that?
2: Yeah. So, uh, i more often than not, I personally use digital, uh, like for my own self. Uh, you know, I, more often than I'll use my phone or, uh, actually a tab on my computer screen, uh, on, you know, on Google Chrome or whatever. So, uh, but I tend to use physical in gatherings. Like, you know, I think a lot of times, <laughs> sadly, the once a week I suspect is means when you're at youth group or when you're at church. And in those contexts, <laughs> you know, uh, I suspect there's truth in that. Uh, but uh, in those contexts, I tend to use a physical Bible. Uh, I did actually, I embrace some element of digital, uh, mostly in seminary. Uh, but I, I actually did use, I used BibleGateway.com when I was in Bible college, I remember. Uh, I thought that was a helpful tool, but uh, it just varies. I mean, I, I, you know, I think part of it, being a pastor, maybe I feel the need to have a physical, but I actually even preach from a tablet. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily use a physical Bible that much, even though I have uh, ironically strong opinions on this. What about you, Ben?
0: Uh, I do use digital forms of the Bible probably almost every day, though I prefer a paper copy. Um, I prefer to be able to hold it and to mark on it and stuff. Um, Though I was talking to uh, a friend here at our church, uh, Noah, who is married to Hannah, who edits, the ones that, of these that I come up with. Um, but he was saying, if you use an iPad and you, what is it, Apple books or iBooks or whatever it is, um, that it converts the file to a PDF. And so if you have, you know, a stylus or an Apple magic pencil or whatever it's called, you can actually write on it like you would a, a physical copy. But, um, I, I do use digital Bibles. Um, I didn't really start that until seminary. I, I it's just a contrarian in me. I, I didn't really adopt doing digital notes until it was in seminary and it was because uh do you remember Dr. Wellem? I do, yeah. Steve Wellem, yeah. So he gave us like a thousand pages worth of, you know, uh this word document, uh, I don't want to say it was that I think it literally was about a hundred pages worth of notes. And I thought, okay, he's going off this pretty closely. I can just go in and add, then I can go back and search. Uh, those studies show that people who handwrite notes, they tend to retain it better. Um, but yeah, so throughout college, I would do handwritten notes and that kind of stuff. And it's just, I, I kind of don't like to go with the herd. So yeah, I'm not opposed to digital Bibles um, and I use them, but I, I do also like the old fashioned stuff. I don't, I don't use a scroll, I'm not that old fashioned. Oh. But so how about the students that you serve? What do they use? Uh,
2: the vast majority. Of uh, you know, especially the teens, the vast majority use almost entirely a digital Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually suspect that some that uh, some you know teens that I serve don't either have a physical Bible, uh, or they may not know where their physical Bible is if they have one in their home. Mm-hmm. So you know, it is like I, I don't think it's even close. Like I, I'm not sure that I'm aware of more than one or two teens that I know that you know. Don't overwhelmingly use a digital Bible. How about you, Ben? I,
0: I'm not stunned by that. Yeah, I mean, I see um, I see plenty of the teenagers in our church using them. Though I do see a number carrying physical, physical Bibles, uh, which I'm pleased to see. Um, and with kids at our church, I, I see more of them if they show up with the Bible or if they're using a Bible, they're using you know, a paper copy. And also, I mean, just for obvious reasons, we don't. Uh, and when I'm teaching with kids, I don't like to see kids bring out devices because, well, let's just face it, they don't have the self-control to to deal with it. I mean, they're going to – it's going to be a distraction. So um, they have less self-control than teenagers who don't have a lot of self-control always. So so, so what are some of the benefits of – so you said you use something like a web-based browser. It's not like a, a computer application.
2: Yeah. I Well, I might like computer. I use, I use an app on my phone. Uh, I use – kind of two apps use one app more than the other but uh the but you know like if i'm working on a sermon i'll i will use a tab on my computer because i'm not that gifted in my smartphone (laughs) okay so i
0: mean what are some of the benefits that you see of using a bible on a screen some kind of bible app
2: Uh, one thing specifically with an app I think, uh, and this might seem trivial, but I don't think it's nothing at all Uh, I think it familiarizes yourself with the table of contents in scripture, because I think a lot of times, you know, it's kind of You know, the physical Bible, you just kind of turn, like, halfway through if you want to get to the prophets, for example. Uh, But uh, when you're forced to literally look at, like, you know, a list of all the books of the Bible uh, to get to every passage, I think it, I mean, that's going to be good for them. And I I think I've seen an awareness once kids have, uh, uh, you know, a digital Bible that, they're more familiar with all the books of the Bible, at least what they are, even if they don't read them at all. But uh, uh, the, I think it also gives uh, sometimes extensive resources uh, that at your fingertips. So some examples of this are, you know, some of them will, some digital Bibles will even have uh, study Bibles or, you know, I use something called Logos. Which uh, is an expensive software, but there are different things that you can get, like stuff that's going to give you commentary in the Bible, like context to help you learn, uh, kind of paired with your Bible, so you can very, very easily uh, let look at it. Uh, But also, I think you can can pretty easily get a lost person a Bible with that with that approach. I mean, it doesn't even if you don't have a Bible on you, you can literally uh, give you know to be like, give me your phone, I will download that for you right now. Uh, and for both for the lost people and for yourself, it gives reminder notifications for accountability. Uh, several of the Bible apps will do that kind of thing that, you know, so make sure that, you know, we'll tell you at the end of the day, if you had read the Bible, that uh, they'll encourage you, don't break your streak or whatever. So there can be some definitely good benefits. What what do you think, Ben? I think to,
0: particularly if you have an app and not just a, um, you just pull up Bible Gateway, for instance, which I think you may even be able to do with Bible Gateway. I'm not sure. Uh, but you can take notes um, or th- across themes you see. Uh, you can make highlights. You can sync across devices. It's saved to the cloud. And so, you know, if you have a paper copy of the Bible that falls apart or that you lose or something like that, <laughs> you know, that can be kind of distressing. You're like, oh man, I had like years worth of notes in there and the bible uh falling apart thing here's a little pitch i mentioned noah a minute ago he had he started this company where he rebinds people's bible with like nice leather so if you want your um you have a bible that you'd like to last for a long long time like a lifetime um uh, you know contact us and i can probably hook you up with them but um but yeah that, that is an advantage of uh using a, a digital bible so, does it really matter what kind of Bible we're reading? So long as we read it, I mean, does is it a big issue?
2: I would say no and yes to that, <laughs> uh, and in that <laughs> order. Uh, the so like a politician. Yeah, it doesn't matter because the Bible is the words, no matter what format, and, and that's true even if it's audio. You know, it's it's what you know, it's what you hear or read a lot, and and you know, I know some people hate on audio Bibles, but like, the epistles were literally meant to be read aloud in a congregation, Mm -hmm. so, you know, and, and but the medium can be the message. Uh, There's that expression, you know, the medium is the message, and sometimes that is true, Uh, and so sometimes it makes a difference. The way that we read the Bible has an impact upon ourselves. Uh, and even with theology books, you know, with almost everything, uh, format matters. Uh, so I've talked about in the last podcast, I listened to a lot of audiobooks, like a lot of them. Uh, but uh, audio, like in audiobooks, theology can be really, really hard. Like, I don't know anybody who's able to process a theology book in audiobook format as well as they can when they're physically reading it. And so You know, I I suspect you know it's going to be a lot harder for you to use one format uh, to use certain formats and say reading the uh, that uh, reading Galatians than it would be reading First Kings. What do you think, Ben?
0: I think you bring some good points. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I'd say yes. At one level, yeah. I mean, early on, you couldn't have your own personal copy of God's Word; it was too expensive, and uh, to for someone to handwrite. A scroll and then even when they were handwriting books uh so yeah like you said the new testament letters were publicly read and uh i think people committed lots of things to memory and so there's other ways that people were taking in god's word going over it meditating on it so at one level uh yes but then in another way i think there are things to consider, and I think this falls into the area of wisdom, uh, but are, th- so are there any drawbacks or dangers to using a Bible on a screen, Bible apps in, in general, mm-hmm. and are there any that are maybe unique or especially applicable to younger people?
2: Yeah, so uh, I think the first thing I'm going to say might sound really strange, But I think it's deeply important. So I think probably the biggest danger is many people use devotionals as their Bible reading uh, because it is in the app. Because that's oftentimes, especially really prominent ones, uh, will really promote these, you know, quote-unquote Bible reading plans that are really just devotionals. Uh, And... uh, I've seen, even with very popular ones, sometimes it's actually harder uh, to find plans that uh, that are pure Bible reading, uh, substantially harder than it is to find basically a devotional that's called the Bible reading plan. And so I think as a result... Uh, that uh, you know their Bible reading isn't actually Bible reading, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So I w- I would even question then that stat of like you know the people that have audio, people that have a Bible app are more likely to read the Bible a given day. Uh, I you know I wonder if if you take that out of the equation, these devotionals like these vague devotionals that don't touch in the majority of Scripture, if that would. If that would not switch kind of the conclusion to that study. Uh, so I think that is a real danger of these kind of things is that you replace your Bible reading, your simple Bible reading on its own, uh, with reading a devotional that is far more focused on yeah, applying than is actually giving you the Word of God in its own. Uh, and I think because of how it takes you to Bible verses, it can substantially hinder ability to see context. I mean, I've seen that literally in interaction with somebody. Who you know tra- quoted a Bible verse at me blatantly out of context, uh, and suggested I didn't believe the Bible because I you know this person it was a person arguing against God, and it wasn't realized because of the fact that my my guess is that there was somebody is using a Bible app and they just kind of jump to that rather than looking at the actual context, and that can be really dangerous, uh, and I think and it can also encourage it kind of dangerous select Bible translation approach. Uh, You know, it's really easy to jump in forth Bible translation based on what you like in a way that's a lot harder to do if you have physical Bibles. And I don't think that's healthy because uh, chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably are not a uh, you know a, tra- a capable of translating the Bible completely on your own from the Greek and Hebrew, you know, uh, and so there's an arrogance in that and an unhealth in that. So, uh, and last for young people, I think young people can often get distracted with phones out, or sadly, you know, they can lie that they're in the Bible app when they're not actually in the Bible. I've literally seen this many times. Uh, what do you think, Ben?
0: I think that, yes, there are some drawbacks and, and dangers. Uh, I thought you outlined some of those well. Uh, I, I know one guy in our church who he – I don't think at the time owned a physical copy. He would just show up at church. He would – and this was a, a grown man, and he would read with his phone. And we, we do uh, make sermon notes, expanded sermon notes available through a, a popular bible app and uh, it's got the passage and so that's helpful for unbelievers um knowing where to go and that kind of thing you do an event with it and anyway um but he found that as he was following along he would get distracted he would uh get a notification or a text message or something like that. And so it would take his attention off. And so he decided, you know what? I need to leave this device in my vehicle and then I'll come back and get it when we're done with church. And so I just need to go buy a paper copy of the Bible. And I just was really encouraged by that because he was trying to pay attention to God's word and he found that the machine was distracting him. Uh, Your Bible doesn't send you Instagram notifications no, or anything <laughs> else. And so um, – I think – so talking about apps and those kinds of things, younger people are going to be even more led astray, even more distractible with um, the different things. And, and a lot of people have – you know, just apps come with uh, – it's just like the default is to get push notifications on everything. You don't need push notifications on everything, and I have found it very freeing in my life to cut off most of the notifications on my phone. Um, I will occasionally pull out my phone to, to check another translation or even something because I want to check the Greek or the Hebrew or something like that. I have something on my phone, and I'm just interested, and I've got those tools, and so I, thought, well, I just want to look at that, but – I try not to to use it in a lot of settings one thing is i want to encourage people to use a paper copy because it helps them focus more yeah so are are there just words of wisdom in general that you would offer to parents who have children or teens about bible reading about e-bibles and and how to encourage them to make use of the resources that are available um, but also to do it in the wisest way possible i mean you you work with a group that's you know, maybe addicted to their phones, but probably almost all of them, if not all of them do have phones. Um, yeah. So shoot.
2: Uh, one thing I would say is, uh, check when, when they're getting on these check where everything is coming from, like what sources, especially their Bible reading plans on those. Cause I think that is a, a key, uh, and what voices it exposes our kids to through that kind of thing. Uh, I, you know, the, we, we don't think about this, but, I mean, like, the most well-known Bible reading app uh, I was looking at the other day, that looking at some of the Bible reading plans there's Promoting for the Day, and one of the first ones was one uh, by T.D. Jakes, who is a heretic, who, you know, is def- pretty definitively not actually a Christian. And uh, he, he teaches prosperity gospel and questionable views about the Trinity. And that that's troubling, to, you know, give that uh, a voice of that kind of person. And, you know, even then there was another one like promoting uh, that uh, stuff about forgiveness, Bible reading plan about forgiveness. And I looked at it. And the and the, that and the specific one I pulled up, basically like so, a lot of the uh, a lot of it was guided more by therapeutic forgiveness. And literally, uh, one of the first days, it was basically trying to convince the reader that you know the, what the Bible said is not really relevant to our time on forgiveness uh, on that specific Ooh. passage on forgiveness, and that was troubling. So, but that's something I think we can need to factor in. But that doesn't mean don't do it, but just be aware. Uh, and I think they sh- We should make sure that they were, uh, they are equipped to easily use a physical Bible because I think there definitely are contexts where you know it is better to re- use a physical Bible. And so even if you do cut them, that's fine, you know. But make sure they can still use a physical Bible. And lastly, sometimes detachment from technology really does facilitate uh, meditation on the Word more than using an app. But maybe I'm being a luddite. I don't know. What do you think, Ben?
0: I liked what you said, yeah. And the thing about those, uh, the devotional kind of thing, often those kinds of things can, uh, one of the, our pastors here has said it, it's, it's like pre-digested material. Rather than teaching people how to take God's word and to chew it up and digest it themselves, it's just pre-digested. And so they never learn to chew for themselves. And so if that's all the app really serves to do, it gives them one verse and then it And sometimes they can be. There's devotionals out there that can be excellent. There's others I've seen that, eh, yeah, they're so-so. Some are just, um, you know, just not very good at all. Um, And you kind of alluded to this, but I, I could not. um, I don't have the the source for this, but I have read that that they found that when you do digital reading versus uh, reading something. you know, a physical copy of, of material, the reading tends not to be as deep. That's uh, just something to consider. You know, it, it's a wisdom thing. Um, you just read it in a different way. Um, also, from a security and privacy standpoint, some apps, especially if they're well widely used, uh, they have the option for you to make connections with other people, which I, I mean, at one level, that's not a bad thing. But I'm just not looking to to get on an app and you know communicate with the world about. It. I just I just want to use it for the content and then be done. But I've read of some instances where people trying to, with with bad motives were trying to contact children. Actually, someone in our church. I believe, got contact. Well, I take that back. It was not, we don't know that it was ulterior motives, but someone contacted someone in the church that she had no clue she was. I was like, ah, no thanks. Um, but then I have also read of a specific case where someone did try to contact someone who was underage. And um, anyway, so that is, there, there are issues to be uh, aware of with that. So should we encourage or discourage the use of Bible apps, or does it just depend on age?
2: Yeah, I I would actually encourage at least occasional use of them if you have a smartphone, you know, if you have that kind of digital technology. Uh, If nothing more uh, than just because sometimes it may be your only Bible, I mean, the reality is, you know, if you are going, the chances are that if you're going, you know, hiking, you're probably going to bring your phone, but it, you might not be bringing, you know, a large physical Bible. And, and it's good that you can have it, you know, wherever you're at in that kind of way. So, uh, but I'd probably put a, uh, and I'd even probably put a Bible on our, our kids' device when they first get a device. You know, I think that's a good thing to have as one of the first things they have on there. You know, even if it draws them back, you know, instead of looking at something stupid, maybe being God's word. Uh, But I would really much more than focusing on whether or not they should have an app or not, I would rather focus on encouraging more use of physical Bibles rather than saying don't use uh, that digital Bibles. I would just say, you know, not necessarily more than, uh, but just in general, I I think I'd rather just focus on you should probably make sure you're reading a physical Bible when you're young. What do you think, Ben? I would
0: agree. and uh, You know, it seems that... Uh, many people, whether they're adults, teenagers, children, that they have a digital addiction. And so sometimes we need to put people in rehab and to steer them away from the d- addiction. Again, I'm not totally against it, and I mean, we do allow our, our children to use screens in various ways. I remember we had on Peter Kroll a couple months ago, and he was talking about how – now they this child cannot read, but it's a preliterate child, but they would use a device with an audio Bible. And play that and then the child would listen and draw a picture of what it was that he was listening to so I think there are ways that can be doing it. I'm thinking more with this question though uh, people who can read and it's like their personal device but uh, yeah I, I would steer younger people more towards physical copies and then uh, try to encourage them to, to make wise use of it as, as they age so I- how could families use digital bibles bible apps that kind of thing to do spiritual good to one another because it's not all you know just to be gone in the trash yeah
2: but uh, before i answer i i do want to kind of add to the whole conversation for the record i actually actually one of you know there have been things i've regretted in ministry mistakes i've made that i probably would have done different uh, in hindsight, but uh, you know a few months into my uh, time as a, um, mostly being in youth rather than children, I decided that we're not going to have uh, digital Bibles uh, in youth group where I provide a bunch of physical Bibles and they, they don't have their phones out during the lesson. And, uh, and I no regrets about that whatsoever. I, I think that was a great decision. And I would encourage anybody in a position where they're working with the youth, I, I think consider, you know not having the phones out during the lesson at all so
0: i think that's yes um we now we need to do a better job at handing these out in our children's ministry area but we have uh i just bought a case of bibles that i got a good price on so that hey we can say turn you know it's on this is the reference but hey if you can't find it it's on this page or use the table of contents and i know our student ministry has had uh a number of, of for a number of years before I even got here just a bunch of paper Bibles and they wanted people to put away the phones yeah, because I mean let's face it everybody that pulls the thing out is not going to be looking at the Bible um, it's just too much of a temptation and so some of them are not there because they want to be there and so let's do our best to steer them to actually engage with uh, what we're saying
2: yep all right but in response to your actual question uh, so I actually know a family that will encourage one another by texting uh, the Bible verses to one another. I mean, like a t- like you know, a child would text and their their adult parents uh, Bible verses through the app. And so, uh, you know, I think that's a great example. That's awesome that they do that, you know. So that would be a – because I think you can. I think there's ways that you – I'm not as familiar as I need to be maybe, but uh, apparently there's ways you can direct text Bible verses and, like, message one another and stuff like that. So I think that's a great example of how families could use it to do spiritual good to one another. Uh, And then – Uh, I would say finally, uh, perhaps interchange it in family worship. So we use a that we know. It's actually kind of on and off. Like more often than not, we tend to use a physical Bible in family worship. Uh, But uh, you know, perhaps it's good to know to show your kids that there's nothing not bible about the app sometimes whipping out the smartphone just making sure it's on the bible app or you know even letting max mclean uh soothe you with uh, his bible reading on <laughs> an audio bible so
0: yeah i, I think when one of my kids was several years younger that uh, we were on the road somewhere and uh we were getting them ready for bed, and it was our routine for us to read the Bible. And so, I think I pulled out my phone, and my daughter was like, "No, Dad, that's you're not reading the Bible. Like, <laughs> you need the Bible, the red one we use at home." Uh-huh. And uh, you know, that was just her perception of it. Yeah, but what do you um, think, Ben? So, I would agree, yes, that there is a lot of spiritual good. You talked about the being able to send each other things from apps; uh, you can share easily. And, and I'm sure there's things out there that I don't know about because I, I I will – I've done this before. Well, I will take the program that I use, copy it, and you can do that easily, or, or I think you just you know right-click it kind of thing, and then you can share through various means, and I will do that to send someone a verse to encourage them. Um, if you as a family, maybe you have a text group, something like that mm-hmm. um, within just your regular you know text messaging thing or some other kind of app – um, uh, that could be a way to just try to draw one another's attention to the Lord, uh, to encourage each other, and so and just something simple like that, or you know, put a verse and a quick prayer, something along those lines. Um, that it can be used for for a lot of good. Uh, I'm thankful for the people who've developed these apps. You know, I've got them on my devices. Uh, I'm just, just kind of want to hit the warning bell a little bit that it's not. It, that's the way with all technology. It can't tell us what we should do or whether we should do with it. It's just there, and people have to do with it, and sometimes we make bad mistakes with it. Um, so there are dangers with these things. Um, so kind of as we wrap things up, Tony, are there any Bible apps or resources like that that you would recommend for kids and youth and parents or ones that you say, I ah, might want to watch out for this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I will say first off, one that I'm not going to say I'm against at all, uh, but to clarify in this, I, I think that in this topic, there's a tendency that people think that there is a Bible app, there's the Bible app. And when they say that, when people say the Bible app, more often than not, they're referring to a U version by Life.Church. Uh, and uh, and it is not the only Bible app, it's not the definitive Bible app, despite what most people think. Uh, but to address you version uh, overtly, U version has uh, has awesome goals. Like you know, I have to say that the really common Bible app, the way that it's desire, is really fueled by. They spend a lot of money without any idea, without any. Uh, thought that a lot of people are going to join their church through it, even though they do online church uh, more than anything else. Uh, But they do it just because they really want the Bible to get out there, and that's amazing. Uh, But it's the church that promotes it we have to factor in it's just it's really not a great church. It is not a church that elevates the Bible and their worship services. And they often and and I think that app can over promote devotionals over pure Bible reading. Uh, again, that is not at all to say that, you know, there's not a lot of benefits from it that maybe outweigh the dangers. But just to be aware of that. Uh, I the more often than not I use Crossways ESV app. Uh, and I, I think Crosswind's ESV app is great and has some really awesome free resources that you can know to trust. And they try to make sure that you know everybody that they have writing. You know, they're not going kind of to have TD Jakes uh, doing uh, <laughs> devotional. Uh, but I think that's I heard
0: a, they just inked a deal with Joel Osteen
2: to uh, to do some material. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I heard wrong. Uh, and last one, actually, I was reading one the most one of the most popular and almost every app store Bible app is called the Bible app for kids, which is also made by Uversion. And I think it's not a good Bible app because it's not the Bible. Uh, it is not remotely a Bible. It, it falls into the prey of, you know, the children's Bibles being cutesy versions of the story that claims to be the Bible. And and I, that's fine. I don't. I haven't watched a lot of the videos, but it is not. You don't call something the Bible, then it's not the Bible. So, uh, even kids need the Bible more than they need a kids Bible app. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Ben?
0: Oh, I like what you said. That's a good point. I on an old device, I did have that app that you were just talking about for kids, and I let one of my kids do it. Um, but I mean, there was no like, oh yeah, this is the Bible. Um, but it, I can't. It's been so many years. I didn't even really remember a whole lot. Um, it's just sort of like games and activities or something, and I, I don't remember a whole lot. Um, I, I do make use of some. I've used uh, the Crossway ESV app. Um, I've got another app that I use primarily, and there are just there are a lot of them out there that are free. There's some that you have to pay, or there's in-app purchases, um, but. I mean, I think you, you want to be careful about where you're getting them from. I would get them from a, you know, a developer w- or publisher or something with some repute just so that you don't have, like, Russian spies, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> checking on your phone. But um, anyway, so, I mean, but, yeah, there's there's a lot of translations available. Uh, one thing that I have only listened to samples, but I've heard some people talking about this recently, um, but there's an app called dwell have you heard of this uh-uh. okay so it's they, they've invested a lot into reading scripture and um they have some you know light music kind of underneath and they intentionally have different genders different accents um breeding you know where you could have it uh, one passage of scripture read from a, a number of different voices and uh just wanted to have scripture read really well um and so anyway it's something that's i know they were working on the project a few years ago and i think it's up and running i I don't know if they have the whole bible completed yet or not but um i heard someone talking about it recently and it sounds really good and so and, and they emphasized what we were talking about earlier that early on scripture was read out loud and so um just trying to make that a priority so that may be something people want to try out, but it's just called Dwell. Yeah, well, this has been a good conversation, Tony. It's something that I've thought about, and uh, you you made a comment on Facebook recently, and uh, using your digital device. Probably you had just gotten done reading your Bible on your phone, and then you went over to Facebook, or maybe you got interrupted during your Bible reading time, and you posted a comment about the devotionals, and it kind of got me thinking. I was like, oh, okay, we should talk about this now. So, uh, But thanks for thinking with me about this today.
2: My pleasure. I'm glad that my rants had some fruit to them.
0: (laughs) Yes, and thanks to Mark Zuckerberg for making it possible.
1: Amen. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.